you are about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky coming to you on Tuesday afternoon, as the Moody Blues once sang about. Uh, <laughs> March 7th, 1966. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a lovely day. What did, uh, what did your friend, was it Michael? Pompous voice music. It was in the, middle of every, in the middle of every Moody Blues song, somebody stops to talk about something. Pompous you know, voice music. Pompous, the pompous voice comes and talks uh, about whatever. You know, the, the, sh- the, the shingling light of what, I mean, it was... I had a Moody Blues phase. I remember that. That lasted for about a week and a half. <laughs> but it was enough time that it cost me about 30 bucks, which at the time was meaningful, because I went out and bought like four Moody Blues CDs, which I re- got home and in about a week realized were total garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's just not music that holds up well. No. It has not stood the test of time. It's just silly. It's a little... You know what it is, Andy? It's period. Mm-hmm. It's period. It's... um, It's... Well, I mean, look, it's in the, it's in the family of prog rock, and I think we it's can all fr- agree. Moody Blues are sort of the front edge. Moody Blues are like the godfathers of prog rock. Well, I mean, prog I, rock gets sillier than the I, Moody Blues I, as it goes. Sure, along. it does. But I'm saying, like, I don't know exactly. Like, like if you were doing, you know, how like when the FBI is investigating a crime family. And they do one of those trees with, like, you know, the head of the family, and then you branch down. <laughs> right. I don't know exactly where in the prime uh, prog rock. Crime family, and let's be clear, when it comes to what it, the effect it had on music, it was a crime. I don't know exactly where the Moody Blues fall in there, or if, say, they're considered like an associate of the prog rock crime family rather than a member. I think they're they close are, enough. I think they are prog rock's grandfather. Tuesday afternoon came out in 1969. What they would be asked to do, at the very least, you would bring in the Moody Blues to roll on an actual prog rock band. Right. Because prog rock, you really... You would try to flip the moody blues. Prog rock is more... Like Yes and ELP. Mid to late 70s, you get really deep into that. Um, King Crimson. Right. God, that's another (laughs) stupid band. But but King Crimson is more 60s version of... King Crimson is bad psychedelic music. Strawberry Alarm Clock, King Crimson, stuff like bad Pink Floyd that doesn't hold up. Um, prog rock is more 70s stuff, which is also really stupid. Um, all right, so we, we recorded on Friday, Andy, and we thought it was a nice podcast. <laughs> it was a good podcast, not a great podcast. Um, and at literally, like, we f- shut our computers, walked out the studio door, and the news broke. All hell broke. Loose. Right, about the, the, Jean, the Jeannie Bus and Jim Bus lawsuit thing and, and whatever. Um, we're not going to re-record at that point. That's just stupid. Um, and so we, we definitely, we wanted to talk Plus about weekend, that though. Literally. Literally. <laughs> it's Friday afternoon, man. I mean, it's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Pick up the kids and stuff like that. What do you want? What do you want from us people? Um, but obviously it's, it's a big thing. Um, and it's, it's going to remain a thing to, I guess the, the quick recap, basically what, if you haven't been paying attention, it was a uh, Jim bus, um, reading now from the, the LA times, when it was Jeannie Bus went to court on Friday to stop Jim Bus from holding a meeting that would have happened. Jim and this, Johnny. Jim and Johnny. Don't forget yes. Johnny. Right. Um, the <laughs> the other, the even more useless Bus. By the way, the this, most useless Bus. This is the most involved Johnny Bus has ever been with the Lakers. Right, because there's another sister that people don't necessarily Janie. know about, Janie. Janie. But Janie does stuff. She sure. runs Lakers Youth Foundation. She does other things. But like this Johnny is literally is... the most involved Johnny has been with the organization, which was try to organize a hostile coup. Right. Um, so 
basically there would have been a meeting this week, and in that meeting, uh, Johnny and God, this, the J thing is going to really become annoying today. Johnny and Jim had proposed a new uh, slate of directors for the Lakers that did not include Jeannie Buss. And had that been able to go through, Jeannie Buss wouldn't have been able to be the controlling owner of the team, and they it, would, it was a, a sort of a coup attempt. Um, Jeannie Buss got a temporary restraining order and stopped the meeting. Jim and Johnny, through their lawyer, quickly backed off and said, oh, no, 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 no. We sold, you know, we were, were totally behind Jeannie. Um, but Jeannie's lawyer thinks that this is going to continue, and there's a hearing now set for May 15th to go through the trust and find out exactly what's going on. Jeannie's people think she's uh, legally on very, very solid ground, and so we'll just have to see what happens. But the problem is, as we've learned, Andy, sometimes lawyers are wrong. Sometimes even, you know, I'm sure Dr. Buss spent many, many tens of thousands, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars making sure all the trust documents and all these things were lined up perfectly. There's, you'd be shocked how often people make mistakes and stuff like this, or a tiny little loophole that a lawyer will try to drive a truck through. Well, particularly, too, when when the trust that you're looking to set up is complicated, and by all accounts, the trusts uh, laying out future ownership after Dr. Buss's death for the Lakers are extremely complicated. There there are multiple trusts involved, and you know whether trust I what, whether. <laughs> You know, Jim and Johnny actually were trying to exploit, you know, a real possibility or, as most people think, they were going off half-cocked with a a harebrained scheme. In fairness, those are often the best kind. You know, there still is going to be a a lot that lawyers on both sides are going to be digging through, and I'm sure there is a part of Jeannie Buss worried about either some type of discovery or just an interpretation from a judge. I mean, you never know know. until this stuff is settled. You can think you know the answer, but you never know the answer. Um, And so, you know, in in the, you know, to say this has gotten awkward, and it's, let's, let's, let us stipulate, Jim and Jeannie were not close. (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving has been awkward for a long time time similarly similarly genie and johnny never met <laughs> it's possible. I'm, I'm not I, positive. I don't i don't know what their relationship I'm not, was before i'm going to say now not close no i'm i'm They're not 100 percent sure the two of them have ever been in the same room at it's, the same time I, I don't know um they, certainly not if that room is in el segundo um but you know in what has come out since then not only that you know some very public stuff about what Jim was trying to do and what Jeannie was trying, you know, and all and sort of the, the, the talk through the lawyers. But everything becomes public now. I mean, people have gone down to the courthouse. They've got copies of the trust. They've got, um, you know, co- the, the, all the all the proceedings become public. And by the way, I saw Spotlight, and I totally want to be in a situation one day where I have to go to the court and demand public documents. That, that would be cool. Um, in the documents – that just that go with Momo out. one day. I, I almost was going to do it on Friday, but I, you know, pick up the kids and it was late. I mean, look, we had already reported. Already we had already reported, reported worked, a podcast. I mean, I that's a full like day, two hours, and I was on the air for Ramona while Ramona was that's in true. Good reporter work. That is true. So that's what happened. We all learned a very valuable lesson here at ESPN LA. What happens when you put 
actual journalists on the radio when news happens, suddenly you find yourself without a host. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, people like us tend to be loitering around. Um, and so, you know, they got lucky there. Uh, but anyway, in the documents that were filed to stop, to get a temporary restraining order to stop this meeting that would have happened this week, Jeannie points out some of, of Jim's flaws. She says, quote, I must also point out that Jim has already proven to be completely unfit, even in an executive vice president of basketball operations role, and I recently had to replace him. This is like uh, addressing the idea that maybe it would be okay if Jim was in charge of the whole thing. She added uh, this from uh, I'm reading from the L.A. Times, I believe. Despite the fact that I gave my brother Jim ample time to prove himself in his role, I could not allow the damage being done to the franchise over the past years to continue. Um, and then the document ends as plus that effing hat. Yeah, take off the. He will hat. not take off the effing hat, yeah, man. Mullet. I mean, really? You're going to be the <laughs> controlling owner of the team, and you're going to have a mullet. <laughs> But that I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you as the listener decide where we were stopped actually quoting. (laughs) But that though I mean, but that's what's really I think. I mean, there are a lot of ways that this is really fascinating. But one of the things though that I think is really interesting is trying to figure out what the end game was in the minds of Jim and Johnny, because I mean, did did they honestly think? I mean, a they may just not have known how everything was set up, and, and it is perfectly believable well, look, they, that they, they have, didn't they have know have the fine legitimate. Details. I mean, they got a real lawyer and everything. Sure. Well, I mean, lawyers will ta- lawyers will take up cases if they I mean, pay them. They didn't get what's his name uh, the, from the Simpsons. Um, oh, Lionel Hutz. Lionel Hutz. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, there's a there is a chance that they did not actually realize you know re- the fine points of how all this is set up, and then they're you know running away with their tails between their legs. But let's just say they actually understood all this, and they really thought, okay, there's a loophole here. We can work our way through and well, I th- my, move Jeannie I think they out. thought there was enough gray sure. that they could do this. Let's just, say, let's just say that not only did they think that, but that, that it actually exists. Did they honestly think that the other siblings and the other minority owners would put one of them in charge with the final well, the say? Idea, the idea is that you stack this electing directors no i get it loyalists to I get them it. that i've might. gotten i've gotten or at the very least that genie wouldn't be the one in charge anymore right and i and i know that they were proposing something they, that they were proposing something where the board directors right. would, would make more money and maybe you know the money is how you get people on their sides but i mean honestly the mozgov I mean, and dang they, contra- they, they propose Chaz be part of it <laughs> the mozgov and dang contracts alone would make it so jim bus will never but, have final you know, say but even more than that this is the part that i think is and i i am sympathetic to jim bus and we've actually talked about this with uh you know based you know other we've talked about this a lot over the last few years but even most recently like when bill orm for the uh OC register. register now i think I, I forget there's so many papers have combined i forget I who works for who uh, but he wrote a very good column that that said it's not that Jim Buss deserves or doesn't deserve to be in charge of the Lakers anymore, that they shouldn't have fired him. Andy and I, we, you and I, Andy, said that we all knew this was coming because it was fairly obvious, I think, at the end of last year, the Lakers were not going to make the Western Conference Finals this year. And that something was going to have to be done. We're going to get to the end of this timeline. Something has to be done. If, you're gonna, if we're going to get to this point now, Jeannie should have done this last year. Right. Um, she didn't. I kind of get why, but she didn't. Once she hired Magic Johnson, the process that came after that was was cruel in a lot of ways to Jim. Because whether intentionally or unintentionally. Or both. Or both. Or a little a little from column A, a little from column B. I 
it was, you know, it was A, to bring back Magic Johnson, the guy who has just crushed Jim over and over, to let Magic basically openly campaign for the job that Jim has. And more than that, to do it in a way where Jim would have to come back to him and basically interview with Magic to keep his job. It was not, you know, as they say in, in Kinnern, it's a nicer way to do that. Well, and also, too, I mean, you're doing it with Magic, who is, you know, by all accounts, including Jim and Magic, I mean, Jim and Magic's and Genie's, more of a brother right. to Genie than her actual brother that she's allowing Magic and her to fire. Right. And we all know where this is going. Right. Everybody knew what the answer was right. going to be. And so, you know, to do it that way was you're leaving him to twist in the right. way. It was publicly, and it's humiliating. Right. It was, it was, and I, and I wonder, and I don't know the answer, but I wonder how much that has to do with this because I, I find it hard to believe that it has nothing to do with it. I find it hard to believe that um, had they left the present administration in place until the end of the season and done it differently and then at the end of the year made this move that the results might not have been different i could be wrong they could have done this they could have done they could have set this this meeting with the dates apparently jim's side said that you know the the directors they hadn't been set up yet and 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 whatever and everybody can read about the details it was i it was the way this was done that i it didn't help at the very least it did not could not have helped and so you know the the question of like where do you go from here? And we when when I was on with uh, with Ireland when Ramona was off journalisming, we had Plashke on, and the thing that he said wasn't so much that Jim's going to end up in control of the team because that's I mean it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It just isn't going it's not to gonna, happen. There's no there's no there's no there. I mean, there. look the, the, what, the NBA sta- the NBA statement on what's going on right now, and and typically. The league is going to stay, stay out of something. They're going to stay out of something like this unless they absolutely have to. Mike Mike Bass, an NBA spokesman, He's said the NBA spokesman. The NBA spokesman said Jeannie Buss is the sole governor of the Los Angeles Lakers, and under league rules, she has control over the team. She has not only been a terrific leader for the Lakers organization, guiding the business before and after her father's passing, but an incredibly influential voice among all our team owners. In so many words, that statement says no, Jim. No, Johnny, right, because you can't run the Lakers. Right, because whoever, let's say this worked, let's say whoever would be named the director would have to be approved by the NBA. And what they're basically saying is, no, we will not approve you. Right. Um, I, and and it's, it's a even, strong, but I'm just saying, it's a strong development that they would come out and even say that. Right. And so That's and the end game, and I think we both might have a similar idea of where this is going, but I want to go through this hypothetical first. Let's say it all worked. Let's say he became the NBA couldn't prevent it. You own the team, but you and I—I I understand what this means. You would be less popular than both Frank McCourt and Donald Sterling. Yeah, you somehow would become an owner in the in Los Angeles, a place that has had those guys. You would be he would be less popular than both of them, not you know than the racist and the parking lot guy who who you know stole money from the team because he staged a coup to take over the jewel franchise of this city from you know already as an unpopular guy. It's not like he he was the the white knight coming in. He was 
you know, the the whatever the was it the black knight? I mean, what's the opposite black of the hat. white? The black hat, whatever. You, you, there's no way to win this unless the idea is well, if I'm if I can't be part of the organization to run it, buy me out. That's and that's actually that was my initial instinct uh, and my initial read is that basically. What Jim and Johnny are attempting is, you know, it's not a hostile takeover, but in the end, it's a hostile buyout. And I think they're looking to get bought out. Not at, just their 11% right, that each of them I, owns. I was going to say, they're right. looking to get higher than market value for their shares and looking to make more than they would otherwise getting bought out under better right. circumstances. Because each of the bus children owns uh, the bus, the 11%. six bus who owns 11%, and to sell, to completely sell, to vest the team. Which is a thing that the Plashke was worried about. I, didn't, I, didn't I don't think that that's going to happen. All of them would have to agree right. to it. And, which and, is why I don't think it's going to happen. The only way that would happen is if this thing became so complicated that it was the only way the franchise was going to somehow. But burn I, I think they are. They are at this point. I mean, maybe this wasn't the initial plan all along. Like they they weren't expecting to get rejected or like you know I'm not going to give them credit for having some type of puppet master thing going on. But I think at this point. My read is they are looking to make themselves such pains in the asses that it is actually worth giving them right. more, more money, money than to the, get rid more of More money than the value of the 11%. Which, by the way, if I'm Jeannie Buss and the other it, kids, I'd, in a in heartbeat. heartbeat. I mean, that, that you and I have talked about this before, Brian. The, one of the advantages, and I would argue the greatest advantage of being really wealthy, which the Buss family is, is the ability to pay to make problems go away. Like, when you and I can't do that. Most people can't do that. No. But when you're really rich in a lot of different ways, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of different scenarios, you can pay to make a problem go away. Right. And at the end of the day, if all it really takes is money to solve this, if I'm them, I do it. Right, and the Bus family isn't rich in the way that other NBA, NBA uh, owners are rich, where they have not only the value of the franchise, right. but also the value of you know Microsoft. If you're Steve Ballmer, but they're or whatever, rich like, enough to do this. But they're this. plenty rich, and yeah. you know the equity that they have in the team spits out. You'll you eventually know, 15, make it 20, back, particularly by the way, with no Jim Buss around there, you're going to make it back. Well, you still own it. I mean, whatever it is, and the other part, it's. You're going to make back what you well, gave it up. It just it's it's to me this is it's really it's sad. It's somewhat it feels somewhat inevitable um, that eventually the like the I I think the, and this is why the timing was so important. I think if you allowed Jim the opportunity because what he always said was I will step aside. And now early in the year when they were ten and ten and they've gone nine and thirty four since. I mean it's the shine is off that. But when they were 10 and 10, he was saying, you know, I think we've made a lot of progress. And we're looking, and this is a different world if the Lakers are, you know, looking like they might win 29, 30 games, 30 whatever. Like we thought maybe there was a chance they could do at the beginning of the year. He said, I will step aside. You know, Jeannie kind of robbed him of the opportunity to be the honorable guy. And I don't know if he did. I don't I do not know if he'd have taken it. I, I, I am less inclined as time has gone on to think that he would have. But had And he, maybe Jeannie knew that he wasn't going maybe, to maybe. But had he been given the opportunity, I feel like this might have been different. But it's just it's there was this there's a sense of inevitability that if she had to pull the trigger on him, it wasn't gonna end well because 
what do you do with your gym? I was like, I still own the team. I still want to be involved. I still want to do stuff. But now I've been humiliated. Now I've been pushed out. I'm always, you know, why am I sitting over here? So it's not going to get better. And this is the reason it was hard for Jeannie. And I think the reason she didn't pull it, it has nothing to do with loyalty to Jim. It had everything to do with loyalty to her dad. And I get that. This is how her dad wanted it to be. And she couldn't do it. And chose not to do it in the most aggressive way she probably Oh, yeah. I mean, she was... She was very, she was very, it's interesting because she was very passive aggressive in her, and I'm using finger quotes, support. Aggressively passive aggressive. Right. Aggressively passive aggressive in her finger quote support of Jim along the way. I mean, she did everything she possibly could to undermine confidence without just calling her brother, you know, an incompetent moron publicly. Right. But. The situation had grown untenable, and like you said, there was inevitable. There was an inevitable nature to this that it, we were going to end up here. It's just a matter of how. But what I, what's important now, though, is the resolution. You know, hopefully in May, if not sooner, because as long as this is a thing, it's going to continue affecting the franchise. I don't care if Magic's in there. I don't care if he can be charismatic with free agents. There's always, there's always some sense of uncertainty. Right. Well, but also, too, it always feels like whenever the organization has, in the post-Dr. Bus era, discovered some element of stability or, oh, here is what might possibly put Jim and Jeannie on the same page or more on the same page. I know you and I thought that when Phil got hired by the Knicks – Maybe, 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 yeah, maybe because Phil had always been the thing on the table. And now that he was off the table and now, you know, for better or for worse, depending on how you think Phil would have fit in as an exec for the Lakers, for better or for worse, this was no longer an option. So maybe they can move past it. And clearly they've not moved past anything. But as long as this is a thing, this is going to, I think, affect the organization moving yeah. forward. Um, and it's just it's it. I don't know if Magic's going to do a good job or not. I don't. I have no idea. I think the the other bus kids are competent. They're working their way up the right way. Um, and this version of the family business, like we talked about before, this is essentially what Jeannie is creating. She is recreating the family business with a group of family that she's comfortable with. Yeah. They're not stepping outside the box completely. Even Rob Palinka is somebody who has been around for 20 years. They know Rob. Rob is... They are comfortable with Rob. They've they basically do. moved outside one box to step inside another box, right? And they, you know, you, Luke Walton is is a forward thinking right. young coach, but he's still a Laker. Who is part of the family? Like Jeannie, very clearly was raised in a family business and wants it and and, and runs it like a family. You know, business. by the way, too, though she is actually disproving. You know the expression, "You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family." Uh-huh. She's actually coming damn close to picking her family she's, right now. She's trying. <laughs> I mean, she's actually really recruiting new family. Um, and and so, you know, in this in this setup, you know, you know, she's she's creating this, and it, Jim's not the family, and Jim's not part of the family. And, and, and when that happens, when you when when everybody owns an equal share, and you start fighting about money, and start fighting about influence and power, it just it's never going to get ugly. And until it's done, there always will be a sense of. Lack of stability, and that that more than anything is the left hand knows what the right hand is doing and is 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 okay with it. Was the biggest thing that Magic was trying to present to the entire league. 
well it'll work out. I don't know. But that was the narrative changer. And until this, until that can happen completely, Magic's impact on the franchise, Palinka's impact, all these things can't be fully felt. I agree. I and completely so, agree. Um, well, obviously, lots to continue to follow up with on this one, but it is a fascinating story. It is a sad story, one that I think I am relatively confident will not result in the sale of the team, which I don't know isn't automatically a terrible thing, but it would be sad. I would be stunned. I would be uh, stunned. It would be sad for the city, I think. Yeah. Um, it's the, the, the bus family ownership and having a true family-owned team, which is so rare in sports now, would be cool to hold on to, uh, particularly when they obviously care about the product. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep following it up, but we certainly wanted to get into the studio to talk about this and prog rock before the new cycle change. <laughs> Uh, if you have comments about the development of Prog Rock and where the Moody Blues fit on the Prog Rock tree, please tweet us at Cam Brothers. Uh, you can also ask questions about basketball. Uh, anyway, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks.